0: Hello, so it's been a minute, this is the third episode, you heard that right, it's the third episode of the Dust Your Bookshelves podcast, it's been a minute, it's been like a month actually, which is embarrassing, but we're gonna talk about it, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it, okay, so here's the deal. Well, first off, I remodeled my room a couple weeks ago, and so then I was just really tired and I started a new job, and so like that was, all of that was not great. Um, So I wasn't really reading anyway, so I didn't really have much to talk about as far as the Song of Achilles goes. Second, I don't really like the first two episodes. I just I think they're boring well I was bored making them well not really I mean it was fun it was new whatever but like I desperately desperately don't want this podcast to be me giving you a inch-by-inch play-by-play of the books I'm reading cuz like who wants to listen to that like I'm sure someone wants to listen to that but I don't really want to make that content And also, it accidentally made reading into homework, if you know what I mean. Because I was reading other books, but I wanted to talk about those books, and I like to read more than one book at a time, and I kept finding myself, when I was done reading my recreational book, I was like, oh no, what book? I can't read that book because I want to do that for the podcast, and yada yada yada, and I was having a hard time, like, retaining information when I was reading because I was like I have to keep all of this inside me so I can talk about it on the podcast and I don't want to do that because that's not fun and if I'm not having fun I'm not fun to listen to probably I don't know so here's my idea I'm gonna read whatever the fuck I want and then every week probably um I'll make a podcast episode and I'll give you the gist of what's happening in the book in the book Or books that I'm currently reading. So, for example, in today's episode I have four books to talk about. We're gonna cover briefly from where we left off in The Song of Achilles to the end of it. We're gonna speed through it. No more of this, and then they went up the hill, and then they kissed, and then his mom was there, and then so this happened, none of none of that. Because when I originally, in the introduction of this podcast, I said I wanted it to be like when you get in your friend's car and you talk about what you're reading and they just listen to you ramble. That's what I want this to be. That's what I want this to be. And I hope that you're down for that. I hope you enjoy it. Um... So yeah, with that being said, I'm gonna chop this introduction here and just just get into it. This first, third, but first episode is gonna be super messy, probably. Like, I'm just a messy person. Uh, probably low editing. I don't know why I feel the need to tell you that it's gonna be low editing. I don't know. I just, I hope you have a good time. I'm gonna put the intro music on this clip. And I'll see you in the next clip and it's gonna be exciting cuz I have four books to talk about that's really exciting oh sh- should I tell you I got distracted I should tell you what four books we're reading or talking about because I had started and then stopped sorry about that um I we're finishing the song of Achilles today and one fell swoop it's gonna be about Bing, being boom it's over sorry Um, And then we're talking about The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. Started that. Big book. Um, I'm reading Ash by Melinda Lowe. Recommended by my best friend. Um, Cinderella Retelling. I'm not very far into it, but we're still going to talk about it. And then I'm also reading The Atlas Six by Olivia Blake. And I'm loving it, so we're going to talk about that too. We're just going to talk about all the books. This is a bookshelf not a singular book bag or single book on nightstand podcast this is just your book shelves implying many books So we're gonna talk about all the books yeah that's where we're going from here cool okay awesome gonna slap music on this bad boy and meet you in the next clip Hello. Welcome back. Did you enjoy the intro music? I hope you did. I hope I remembered how to put it on there correctly. Uh-huh. Um okay, so first book we're talking about today in this episode, we're going to finish talking about The Song of Achilles real fast. I'm going to just tell you what happened, discuss it a little bit. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go, but we're we're giving it a go. Hope you're excited for the chaos, I guess. Okay, so we left off. They were in Pelion with Chiron, the centaur. The centaur. See, this is going to be fun because I don't plan on opening the book to double check things. We're just going to go with it. You're going to hate me. This isn't going to be fun for you. Or maybe it will be. I don't know. If not, skip to the next section. I don't know, but in the first two episodes, we got as far as being on Mount Pelion with Chiron, and then they were leaving. Soldiers came from Thea, were like, hey, your dad wants you to come home. Achilles and Patroclus went home. When they got home, everyone was waiting. Lots of people were there. Thetis was there. Our friend, evil mom. Bitch mom. She's just, I don't. It's fine. Anyway, I don't like her very much. She's just not very nice to Patroclus. And I just, I love my little boy, Patroclus. Little boy? Warm boy? I don't know. He's not a warm boy. I just I love him so much. Anyway, they're there because, hey, remember when um, the king of Sparta's daughter, Helen, was like to be betrothed, betrothed and Patroclus' dad was like, hey, nine-year-old. Let's go try to get you to marry Helen. And it didn't work out, but and then she married the guy, Menelaus. We, we remember Agamemnon's brother, I think. Yeah, you know, you remember. Um, We talked about it on the first episode. uh, Or you read the book, I don't know. And, okay, so Helen was kidnapped. You can't see it because it's a podcast, but I'm using air quotes. She was kidnapped. And so now there's a war in Mycenae uh, to get Helen back. And Achilles is the greatest fighter ever. So of course they won Achilles. And all of those people, if I don't remember if I talked about this, but all of the men in the room that day when Hadroclos was at the ripe age of nine vowed to go to war should Helen be taken from Menelaus at any point. So Patroclus is on the hook for that, regardless of the fact that he was nine. Achilles doesn't know that yet at this point, but like, whatever, moving on. Um, Thetis really does not, does not want, uh, Achilles to go. (laughs) Um, because plot twist, there's a prophecy, if Achilles goes to war, he will die. He will be done. But, like, we don't know that yet. So, instead of telling him, Achilles is kidnapped by his mom and taken to s- the island of Skyros. Where he marries the princess, whose name I don't remember because I finished this book, like, a week ago. Um, I'm really sorry at the lack of names. But he is forced to marry the princess. And before we get there, Patroclus wakes up and Achilles is just gone. And he's like, hey, <laughs> where's Achilles, my boyfriend? <laughs> where is he? And he like forces um, Peleus, Achilles' dad, to tell him where he is. He's like, tell me where my boy Achilles is right now. I demand it. Um, he goes into the pose of supplication, which if you don't know what that is, I didn't either. And I googled it. Um, so that might be fun for you. Learn, to, learn something new with that one. Um, and Helios tells him where he is, that Thetis had taken him. taken him. Well, can't remember if he says that Thetis took him to Skyros, but we just know he's on Skyros. So he goes to Skyros and he meets uh, Patroclus goes to Skyros. And he meets the princess and he's like, hey, I'm looking for my friend. He's a young man. I'm looking for him. Do you know any young men? And she's like, maybe you should just come to dinner tonight and we'll talk later or something like that. And then she comes out and all of these dancing ladies come out with her. Don't you love how I spoiled what I'm about to tell you like a minute ago? I love that. I'm not gonna go back and edit it out though. Edit it out? I'm sorry if I'm slurring my words. I'm a little sleepy. It's kind of late. I have to record these at night. Anyway, the princess comes out with these women and they all do a little dance. And then all of a sudden, Achilles, just kidding, a pretty blonde lady, looks out into the crowd and patroclus is like wait a minute that's not a pretty blonde lady that's my boyfriend achilles <laughs> remember how i spoiled it four seconds ago <laughs> it was achilles and there was a whole thing and they reunited and it was wonderful and then the princess threw a fit she was pissed she was like nah he is my husband and then her dad the king was like w- w- wait a- wait a minute um, what do you mean he's your husband? Because she's a girl. Uh, I thought she was a girl. What's going on? Lots of confusion. Theta shows up. It's confirmed that she forced them to get married and also forced them to consummate the marriage. And the princess is pregnant with Achilles' child. Awkward silence for that one. And she's real mad because Achilles is like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see Patroclus. I don't want to be married to you. This is a whole thing. And it's very, it's kind of sad, but like it's weird. And she reasonably hates Patroclus. And then we get to my absolute favorite part of the entire book. I know I said I wasn't going to give you my opinions, or I'm not even sure if I said that anymore. But it is my opinion that this is my favorite part of the entire book because it is wild from start to finish. Um one day she calls Patroclus to her room and she's he's like awkward <laughs> sorry that uh your husband is in love with me. <laughs> That's awkward for both of us and she's like I hate you. You actually you suck. Um a lot. I don't know what he sees in you. You're nothing. He's my husband. You've ruined my life. I hate you. Um, And then there's a moment, you know, in the musical Hamilton, um, uh, where Mariah Reynolds is like laying herself down on the bed and Hamilton's like, I don't know how to say no to this. So picture that. Um, but Patroclus is about to, um, have, uh, sexual relations with a woman for the first time, and it's his lover's wife. For, like, no reason. She just, like, lays down on the bed, and he's like, uh, I don't want to be another person that rejects her. That'd be sad for her. And then he fucks her. And then he leaves, and he never talks about it again. It, it never comes up. He doesn't tell Achilles. It never comes up. And it is insane. I read that part three times because I was so just taken aback. I was like, did you just, did he just fuck Achilles' wife? For for what? And for what? Why did he do that? For no reason did he just fuck Achilles' wife. Anyway. That was my favorite part of the book. And then Odysseus shows up. Our good pal from, you know, that one time when Patroclus was nine and a, tried to be married off to Helen. He shows up um, with King Diomedes, I think, is his name. I'm really bad with the names, guys. And he shows up and they trick Achilles... Because after, okay, so after Patroclus gets there, they live on Skyros for, like, a minute. And Achilles keeps living as a girl. Because he's actually in hiding. Because of the whole prophecy thing. His mom really doesn't want him to go to war. And then Odysseus shows up with Diomedes. And they're like, hey, bro, you have to come to war. Um, if you don't, you will be nobody. So... You gotta come to war. Like, you have to. You have to come fight in the war. Also, Patroclus, um, so do you, buddy. Uh, and Thetis is like, no, you're not going to war. The prophecy. And that's when she says, oh, by the way, uh, if you go to war, you won't come back. And then... Achilles is like, ah, ah. just like that. Just like that. He's just like that. And then, um... Him and Patroclus, like, talk about it for a little bit. And then they both decide to go. And then Patroclus runs off into the woods, climbs a mountain, and is like, Thetis, you bitch, get out here. I have a question for you. And she shows up. And he's like, I know you don't like me, but I need you to tell me more about the prophecy. Tell me more right now, please. I'm begging you. And she tells him that Hector, on the other side will die first. So, basically, the whole war is set up on the premise of, they will go, but Achilles must not kill Hector, and Achilles is the only person with the ability to kill Hector. Like, the only one strong enough. So, the war, so they go off to war, and it's, like, a long-ass thing, and they're in a camp, and, um, there's a, this, like, like, they basically- Pillage villages and shit. Because they. S- s- men going to war just historically suck. Regardless of the situation. And they bring some women into the camp. They bring a woman into the camp. First off, to start. Named Briseus. Brecius Briseus? Brecius I think. Sorry. Um, and patroclus is like achilles like i really bad things will happen to her like you should take her and then we won't you don't have to fuck her because like you can fuck me instead (laughs) (laughs) um and so achilles so that he does he's like she's my war prize and then they give her like food and water and clothes and like nurse her wounds and they give her her own tent and are like don't worry you're safe with us we're um gay uh we're gay as fuck, so you don't have to worry about it. And Briseis actually becomes Patroclus's like best friend, other than Achilles. Um, and they do this with just like tons of other women. They just create like a safe harem of girls that everyone thinks Achilles is fucking, but he's not. It's special. Um, and yeah. Um, the war goes on for like ten years forever. It goes on for a long ass time. Achilles starts to get, like, weirdly into fighting. Um, Patroclus becomes, like, works in the healing tent and, like, becomes, like, a doctor, um, kind of figure. And then there's this priest. Nope. That's later. See, this is, this is where it gets a little rocky for me. Um, cause I actually listened to the last half of this book on audiobook while playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It was a vibe. It was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, cause, anyway, um, wildly different time periods in Ancient Greece, but still it was good. Um, and so it gets a little messy around here and what happens here. So first, a bunch of plague happens and... they think the gods are mad. I think it's plague. No, it's not plague. The weather is bad. That's the first thing that happens. The weather is bad. And at one point, Agamemnon, who's a dick, is like, hey, Achilles, do you want to? I have a proposition for you. Oh, this is also important. Achilles and Agamemnon, like, do not get along. Cause Agamemnon is like in charge and Achilles is like, nobody's in charge of me. I'm Achilles. Reasonable, you know, whatever. And so Agamemnon's a dick. But then at one point he's like, Hey, marry my daughter. Sorry. I threw a marker. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. It's fine. Um, Agamemnon's like, Hey, marry my daughter. What do you think? that would be good for morale to have a wedding and Achilles is like looks at Patroclus and Patroclus is like ah, I don't care you've already married a different bitch like it's fine that was mean but like he fucked her he fucked Achilles' wife Do you, I, sometimes I'm like did you tell him to marry this other wife cause you're into fucking his wives hmm? just kidding Um, this is people's favorite books I'm sorry I said that about this book um uh anyway so he marries a uh he agrees to marry agamemnon's daughter and then she shows up and right as they're about to meet for the first time she walks up and he's like hello he doesn't even get a word in and then agamemnon and diomedes you remember that guy i don't i didn't really talk about him very much They slit her throat and she dies. They human-sacrificed that bitch. I was like, what? Poor Achilles. Just getting married off to bitches. And then it just never goes great. It's never a good circumstance, you know? And so... Oh. Now we can talk about that later. Or we can talk about it now. Something that might be relevant later... (laughs) No spoilers. Um when they left Skyros, remember how the princess was pregnant? Thetis Achilles was like, by the way, Thetis is gonna show up and take the baby and raise him as her own. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Goodbye. Actually he is very sorry. He wouldn't he's very docile. So we really like, uh ah, well. and the king's like, I hate that you showed up in our lives. It's very sad. Anyway, jumping back. do you, This is very messy. Are you having fun? I hope you're having fun. I hope you're not confused as fuck. I'm kind of confused. Where was I? Just kidding. They sacrificed the virgin. It was a whole mess. Achilles is heartbroken. This is before he gets a little war hungry and like totally fine with killing people. Um, He's heartbroken because he's like, I could have saved her. Like, absolutely heartbroken. it's actually quite sweet. Patroclus is like, bro, what the fuck happened? And I just, uh, he goes to Odysseus, uh, Odysseus and he's like, what? What happened? And Odysseus is like, ah, well, it, I mean, it was planned. He couldn't have stopped it. It's fine. He shouldn't feel bad about it. Uh, human sacrifice. And then Achilles, at one point, yells at Agamemnon. And he's like, why did you make me agree to marry her? And he, Agamemnon is like, well, that was actually just the only way um, my wife would let her come. <laughs> Isn't that fucked up? Man, the ancient Greeks were wild. He was just like, I know a virgin. Let's sacrifice my daughter. Ding. Stupid. Um, the weather goes away, though, so it appeases some god that I don't remember who it is I'm sorry um and then Achilles eventually becomes power hungry and cocky and really enjoys fighting and Patroclus becomes the doctor's aide nurse character whatever and then there's another plague because there's this priest's daughter and at one point she gets taken and Agamemnon's like she's mine and the priest's Shows up and is like, I'm here to ransom my daughter. And he's like, <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> nice try. And then this plague starts happening. And um, someone shows up and is like, hey, Apollo is actually really pissed off. About uh, this whole situation. You need to give the priest's daughter back. And she, he's like, Uh, no. I think her name was Chryseus. Chrysius? Uh, I can't remember. I'm really sorry. And he's like, "LOL, no. <laughs> no thank you." And then he um gets yelled at by Achilles who is like, "Uh, you like we're fucked if you don't just give her back." And he's like, "Well, fine. I'll take your girl." Chrysius. So, obviously, that goes well, because Briseus is Patroclus' best friend, who, in, like, a few chapters before this, was like, hey, because, like, years have passed, maybe we could have a baby together, just, like, as bros. And Patroclus was like, hey, Achilles, uh, Briseus wants to have a child together, what do you think about that? And Achilles was like, that'd be fucking weird, bro, and then Patroclus was like, you right, and then he goes, and he's like, Uh, it would be fucking weird, bro, to Bersias, and that's the end of that, and then this whole thing with Agamemnon happens, and Agamemnon's like, I'm gonna take her, and Patroclus is like, do not let her- do not let him take her, he will do terrible, awful things to her. And then Achilles is like, you can't take her, and Agamemnon is like, I'm gonna. And there's a whole big thing, and then Achilles is just like, his pride is through the fucking roof, um, Agamemnon takes Briseis, but he like doesn't touch her because I don't, I don't really remember because Patroclus goes and yells at him it's a whole thing um Achilles removes himself from the war yep the best soldier in their army removes himself from the war which goes exactly as you'd expect not well and everyone's like you gotta join the war like we're dying everything's bad and he's like nope not until Agamemnon uh gives me back my honor and pride and blah blah blah, blah 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 and he just becomes kind of like a raging dick like his pride is becomes like his hubris like he's just there's too much going on in his pretty head no thoughts just I'm important and he refuses to fight and then him and his mom hatch some plan that like the final battle zeus is gonna like help cause some shit to like really rouse the other army and then when the greeks are dying and everything is bad they'll come begging for him and he'll have all of his glory and (laughs) it'll be very dramatic and great. And guess what? It doesn't work because they don't have time to come back because they're all dying. And Patroclus, at one point, sorry, Patroclus runs out because they're all dying. It's like the final battle. They're all, everyone's dying. Agamemnon's wounded. Everyone, Menelaus, literally everyone important is down pretty much. Patroclus comes running back and he's like, uh, we, uh, you gotta fight. And Achilles is like, no, I won't do it. I won't fight. No, 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 not till Agamemnon says sorry. And Patrick is like, he's a little busy right now. I don't think he's going to come back and say sorry. If you're not going to fight, put me in your armor. I'll run out there. We'll scare some people into thinking it's you. Everyone will be like, yay, Achilles is here. And it'll be a win-win because you won't actually fight. Agamemnon will eventually know that. it'll be great and then so Achilles agrees to do it as long as Patroclus doesn't fight no fighting for Patroclus you're not very good at it everyone will know it's not me Patroclus is like fine I won't so they strap him up into the armor he rides in on the chariot it starts to work everyone's afraid of him Patroclus gets a little cocky. He's like, "I've watched Achilles throw a spear a hundred times. I could do it just like him." So he starts throwing spears, which is, you know, not a good thing. Then he kills someone, an important someone, whom I can't remember the name of. Serb. Uh, this one I'm gonna actually look up. Oh, there's my tower books crashing. I'm gonna look up because it's important. Um, uh, Sarpedon, 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 Sarpedon. That's who Patroclus kills. It's wild from start to finish. And then he gets all emboldened, and he's like, "I'm just gonna go steal Helen myself from the Trojans. What could possibly go wrong?" a lot goes wrong. He tries to climb the wall. Apollo is there, knocks him off. Or he's hallucinating. I think it's Apollo though. Knocks him off the wall like multiple times. And by the time he's like fallen off the wall, like three different times, all of his armor has been pulled off of him and fallen off of him. And he's just exposed to the world. And then, you know, Hector shows up And that's how Patroclus dies. (laughs) It's sad. Um, And uh, Achilles takes it as exactly as how you'd expect. Um, And the last part, so after, even after Patroclus is dead, the rest of the book is still in his perspective. But, like, ghost Patroclus. It's weird. Achilles takes it terribly. He's grieves he just fucking kills any hero that breathes in his direction he to start kills Hector which you know takes him down the path towards his own death because he was never supposed to kill Hector and even in the beginning when they're uh Patroclus found out that the more about the prophecy and Thetis was like I don't even know if I said this when I brought it up the first time. Theodos was like, Hector will die first. And so when he's like, hey, don't don't kill like Ach- Achilles don't kill Hector, that means you'll die. So he's put off killing Hector this entire like decade they've been to war, right? And his whole thing was like, he's never done anything to me. Well, he just killed Patroclus, and Patroclus is the most important thing in the world to him. Um He kills Hector And then he, like, drags around his corpse and tortures him in death for, like, a week before Hector's dad shows up. A week, a month, I don't know, a long-ass time, an unnecessary length of time before Hector's dad shows up and is like, Hey, um, can you stop doing that now, please? And Achilles is like, yeah, yeah, I'll stop doing that. And then he battles all these other heroes that rise after Hector, kind of hoping that they'll kill him, but they don't. And then, at some point, he is killed by Paris, um, the, like, prince of Troy, and he, by an arrow, and yeah. Um, before he died, he had told the men in the camp that he wanted Achilles' ashes mixed with his when he died, which is, like, a major part of the Achilles-Patroclus history. Did I say Achilles twice? Achilles wanted Achilles' ashes? Patroclus' ashes? I don't- I don't know. Um, so they mixed the ashes after they're both dead. Um... And then, after they're both dead, as the men of the camp are arguing where to put the monument for them, my favorite little shielding Achilles's child with the princess whose name I don't remember, <laughs> um, shows up. Who was raised by Thetis, um he shows up he's a fucking dick the worst of all the dicks absolute fucking oh I hate him he's Who? I hate him but he has to show up because he's ultimately who will end the war his name is Pyrus Pyrus his name is Pyrus or Pyrus I think it's Pyrus though um, basically, Pyrus is like, uh, yeah, my dad was the greatest ever and you're not going to ruin his monument with the name of a shitling, like some commoner named Patroclus. You're not going to do it. The monument will be only for him, even though you've already mixed their ashes together and they have to have a gravestone to be free. So poor little ghost, uh, ghost Patroclus is just like chillin'. Um, in the end of the war, because Achilles was able to move on because he had a marked grave and Patroclus didn't, um, eventually the war ends and everyone leaves and the only one left that comes back and sees, well, oh, this is maybe important. He does try to get, Patroclus tries very hard to get into people's minds to get them to mark a grave for him so he can move on. It's very upsetting and no one does it before they all leave. But Thetis keeps coming back. Remember Thetis? We hate her. I hate her. And then she, oh man, she misses her kid so much. She comes back to his grave and sees him all the time. And Patroclus starts like talking to her in like ghost form. And then he tells her all of his memories of it. Achilles, because the monument only marks his like violent memories, and it's like not a really great way to remember Achilles, like for anyone. Um, like it monuments all of his like, it memorializes all of his like war wins, which is like upsetting. Um, so Patroclus tells Thetis all of their like happy memories and it's very sweet and sad um and then my bitch this bitch that I don't like marks a grave for Patroclus and then Patroclus and Achilles get to be together for eternity and that's the end of the song of Achilles we did it not nearly as in-depth as you wanted but like it was never going to happen if I didn't do it like that. I hope that was okay. A little rush ending. Probably forgot some shit, but I told you the important things. Most importantly, that bit where Patroclus fucks Achilles' wife and almost has a baby with his best friend, but uh, Achilles is like, eh, that'd be weird. Yeah. So that's fun. Super fun. Um, Yeah. So next books, we have more books in this new version of the podcast. There are more books after this. Ah, Cause I, um, have always wanted to be able to read multiple books and I like reading multiple books, but I'm also weird and like feel like it, um, I'm betraying the current book I'm reading on or like cheating on the current book I'm reading on by reading other books. But if I make a podcast that requires me to read other books, see, it's all by design. If I, it's. A part of the podcast that I'm reading multiple books at a time. I can't feel guilty about it. See? Big brain thought there. So the next book we're going to talk about... Um, So I'm not... Okay. So I'm not actually very far in any of these books. Um, In fact, one of the books I'm just going to tell you what it's about because I'm like literally only 12 pages in, but I'm really excited about it. And that's going to be Ash by... Melinda Lowe which was recommended to me by my best friend in the world and so therefore I have to read it but I'm just basically going to tell you what she told me it was about and then we'll move on to the next book um I'm enjoying it so far um it's a Cinderella retelling and um the way she described it was like there's Faye fairies, sapphic, or gay. Cinderella retelling, the main character's name is Aisling, instead of, like, um, like, she said this too, she was like, I like that it's, like, Aisling and not Ella or Ellie, (laughs) which was great, um, so, yeah, so it's just a Cinderella retelling, and I'm really excited about it, um, so far, opens up on her mom dying, <laughs> classic Cinderella story, um, and she has this dream. So she has one of those dreams where she wakes up from a dream, and then the scary thing in the dream happens in real life, and then she wakes up from that. And I th- can't really tell if it's a dream, cause um, her dad was doing um, uh, like a r- like a ritual for her mom, um, so her, like, soul could find peace and protect her from, like, the fairies who come after someone dies, um, and there's, like, a lot of- something so far that I'm really interested in in this book is that there's a lot of debate on, like, superstition- sorry, I think I'm hitting the mic a bunch- um, it's, like, magic versus superstition, and there's, like, the philosophers and the green witches are, like, very- butting heads on whether, like, magic is real or not, which I'm really excited about. Um, so I'm not very far in this book at all, but I'm excited to talk about it next week when I am am farther. It's not very long, um, but I'm excited to talk more about it. So, that's that book that I'm reading actively. Um... The next book I'm reading, also recommended to me by a friend, is The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, which is huge. Like, I knew, I knew this book was big. I've always known this book was big. I have the mass market paperback copy because something about reading high fantasy and mass market paperback is just, that's the vibe. Like, why would you read high fantasy in any other format. Like I own the like big chunky paperback version of The Priory of the Orange Tree, which I also want to read at some point. I've started it, but like I've shelved it for a bit. I also want to read that, but like part of me feels like I need to find it in mass cuz I know they have it, but it makes me feel like I need to find it in mass market paperback. It's just that's the vibe for high fantasy, right? Right? Anyway, um, this book has freaking, uh, like, 1,200 pages. My mom saw it, and she was like, how long will that take you to read? I'm like, probably the rest of my life. Just kidding. Um, so far, I'm, um, I'm on chapter two. But, like, (laughs) so much has already happened. Like, this book has a prelude, and then a prologue, and then a first chapter. In the prelude, um, it's, like, way back in the day, and there are these, like, ten, like, immortal knights, is what I think they are, and they fight these, like, rock monsters but, like, every time they die, they, like, are tortured and then brought back. And then they do it all over again. And one of them has died. Like, if the book starts at the last battle. Like, this battle. Like, at the end of it. Not the last battle. At the end of this battle. And one of the night people is, like, still there. And then, like, it's, like, in the perspective of another one. And he shows up and he's like, where is everyone? And all of their like they have these special like swords. Um, that if someone dies, their sword like evaporates. And the other guy's like, uh um, what's his name? So it's um so Calic, Kallik, it's Calic's point of view and then, um, Jezrian, Ezrian, I think it's Ezrian, if I remember the, like, audiobook pronunciation, um, Jezrian's the other guy, it's in Calix's point of view, and he's like, what is going on, and Jezrian's like, it's over, like, we're breaking our oath, and we're moving on, we're leaving our swords, we're walking away from it, this is over, and he's like, but, like, one of us died, like, we can't, just leave him and he's like one of us it's a sacrifice we have to make leave your sword walk away leave it behind and then it jumps into the prologue and in the prologue there's this guy named not a guy uh, his name's Seth and he's like an assassin and he's been sent to assassinate the king um and it's just like him this, like, action-packed fight between him and who he thinks is, like, a shard-bearer. And, like, there's, like... It's so interesting. Jumping right into high fantasy. And I don't read... I have never finished a high fantasy book. Um The closest to, like, high fantasy I've read is, like, any of, like, Sarah J. Moss's books. Um... Sergey mass i don't know but like and those aren't really high fantasy you know they're, they're fantasy and they're fun but they're not like high high fantasy and so you just like jump in and you don't know what's going on and there's like a whole world of magic systems and he's like pulling light from sapphires off the wall and he's like pulling it into his body and he's like projecting it out and like jumping all over the place and then eventually this other guy in like with a shard blade that's like the fancy blade and um he shows up and he's in like a full shard suit like of armor which is like hard to kill someone and then they realize that that's the king and then they fight and then the king he like throws him off a balcony and it's like it's wild and that's the prologue and then we jump into the first chapter and there's this kid named Ken or Sen it's C-E-N-N I like to think his name is Ken cause like this is high fantasy but like his name is Ken wouldn't that be funny that's probably not how you'd pronounce his name anyway he's there and he's in the middle of his first battle he's like 15 and like his the leader of his like troop is named Kaladin um and like that's like the beginning of this part of, and it's like about Kaladin and he's like a really good leader and he like His, like, troop or, like, um, group of people in battle, he, like, has them get into, like, formations and they, like, rarely ever get wounded and he's, like, really good and he, like, paid to have Ken be in his and it's very intense and I don't understand what's going on. And then it's the next chapter and it's eight months later and from the battle and Kaladin is a slave and that's where I left off. Like, so much is, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And I'm so fascinated. There's, like, light eyes and dark eyes as, like, a thing. I'm thrilled. I'm really excited to get into this and talk about it more. Um, but, but I'm not very far. I'm only 47 pages. But that's what's happened so far. No joke. So I'm excited to talk about these books. Um, I have one more book to talk about, though. Um, lots of noise. Sorry for the background noise. Um, yeah. We're just, like, going one take on this. I might get my ums out later. I don't know. I might edit this tomorrow. I'm tired. It's, like, ten in the evening. And I kind of want to go read. <laughs> anyway. um, so the third book I'm reading is The Atlas Six by Olivia Blake. Which also, phenomenal. I'm not so far. Like, I said going into this I wasn't going to give opinions, but like, whatever. Like, I just, this book is so good so far. Anyway, I'm just not going to give readings. How about that? How do we feel about that? Just like enjoy, I don't know. I don't want to give my opinion. I don't want people to hate me. And I don't, (laughs) it's fine. I care about other people's opinions of me. And I don't want my opinions of books to be reflected in any way. Anyway, moving on. Enough of me being a whiny little brat. So, Atlas 6, set in New York ish. Um, there is a society of six that gets chosen every 10 years to protect the Alexandrian, the Library of Alexandria. And they're. They get picked for like, they have to go through one year of like study, intense study. And then five of the six get picked for, um, for to be initiated into the society. It's only five of those six. And it's, like, the six most powerful people, and it's, like, magic and stuff. So we have Libby and Nico, and they're both... They both are physicists, or they deal with, like, physical magic. I think Libby deals with, like, fire from what I could guess in the first chapter. But it opens up, and they, like, are at their, like, college graduation, and they're graduating from the, like, New York University of Magic... Magical studies are they're like graduating from magical nyu essentially libby hates nico they're like ultimate rivals they're like the two top heads of the classes they're at graduation she's valedictorian but like they're co-valedictorians but she gets to give the speech but he got the internship she wanted but she got a really good job but he hates her boyfriend He's into her. I think it's love. I think it's gonna be enemies to lovers. There's no way it's not gonna be like rivals, enemies to lovers. Anyway, they walk out, and there's this guy, and he's real sus, and he's like, "Hello, I have a job offer for you. Take this guard." Um, there's a little tuffle, ruffle, scuffle on if like who's gonna pick because Libby hates Nego so much that she was like, "I never wanna." work with you or have to be near you ever again because they were both the like top of the class they were like forced to be together for everything um and they have like similar abilities so also forced to work together Just like uh so like nico's like well probably only one of us is gonna go and then he gives them both like his card the guy is named atlas blakely that's important, huh? Wow, hold on. I'm pretty sure his name is Atlas Blakely. Why have I lost that? It's just disappeared from my mind. Um, let me find it. Sorry. How are you today? How are you doing? Um, I'll find it. Yeah, it's Atlas Blakely. Blakely. It's funny that I just wasted all that time finding it when I knew I was right the whole time. Anyway, um, Atlas Blakely comes. It says, he "Gives him a card." Says At- Atlas Blakely, caregiver. And then it's a transportation card and they are to meet him and he'll be of like orientation basically and then so it goes chapter by chapter and the next chapter is Rina who's a naturalist a naturalist in Osaka and basically instead of like her like giving like instead of her like manipulating plants like plants like come to her for her power like she's that powerful they like come to her they bend to her will versus like her manipulating them if that makes sense i don't know if that makes sense but it's like it's almost like she's their queen um is the only way i can describe it and atlas is like um so it's actually between you and another guy for this last spot and i need you to prove to me that you want this this like offer or that you wanna be the spot. Um and he like asked her to like how her powers work and she's like very much doesn't love her powers is the vibe I get from her. Um she has like a complicated relationship with them. Um she went to like a lesser school just to get out of Tokyo, like to get out of where she's grew up. Um and so she doesn't like really understand her powers, but does um Yeah, and so he entices her enough about this offer that she, like, shows him what he's got. Um, and she gets chosen. And then the next chapter is Tristan, who is, like, just barely getting by, kind of. He's, like, he's basically one of those people that's, like, going to inherit his fiancé's family business. Um... And, like, not that he likes his fiance, he just, like, did everything in his power to get into a better situation for himself, because his dad was, like, just, like, a lowly witch, um, oh, and, like, the magical people are called, like, Medians, 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 Medians? Uh, I don't know, and I might have to look it up for the next episode, but I'm not going to look it up right now. Um, well, I'll get back to you. Or, I don't know, if you know, DM me on Instagram and yell at me about it. I don't know. Um, and so his dad was, like, a witch and, like, not a very good guy. And so he's just trying to separate himself from that. And so he, like, picked this girl, and he was, like, with her, and, like... His best friend is like fucking his girl, and like he's just like, I don't care because money. But this offer to be in the society, like the offer to work and protect the Library of Alexandria, comes with like massive, massive amounts of power and wealth afterwards. Um, if you make it through initiation and stuff, um, so. Like, this is a better offer than what he's got himself set up with. So, like, after hesitation, of course, because he did work really fucking hard to get himself set up with this, he does accept Atlas's offer. Because Atlas is like, this is better than what you have set up with. So, he does hesitate a bit. But he ultimately takes the offer. And then we have Callum. And Callum is an empath, empath, but, like, is kind of taken as, like, a manipulator, uh, um, because he can kind of control people's, like, feelings and stuff. Um, he's also very cocky, and I love him, and I think he's gonna be one of my favorites, to be honest, um, when Atlas gives him the offer, he's, like, so I'm one of the best. <laughs> who else is there? Are they better than me? <laughs> and Alice is like, actually, they're all, you're all chosen because you're pretty much equal. Um, t- and then Callum is like, so uh, tell me about them. And Alice tells him everyone except for Parisa, who we'll get into. Because um, he's like, her specialty is better left um not spoken about in too much detail, which is like so fun and mysterious. Um, and Callum's like, What did they ask about me? What'd you tell them about me? (laughs) And Alice is like, Nobody asked about you. They're not like you. You're weird. This is a you thing. Um And of course Callum accepts the offer because he's the best, duh And then we get there's one more. Parisa. And she can get inside of people's minds. And like read their thoughts and shit. And just like network through their minds. And she is fascinating. Um, she kind of just uses people to get what they want. What she wants. Which like. Girl boss gatekeep gaslight I guess i don't know the order of that saying (laughs) someone correct me on it just kidding don't correct me on it i don't care (laughs) um and then through her chapter we see kind of the rest of their initiation and there's this guy named dalton who is the from the previous class and she pins him and she's like i'm gonna use you for power aka I'm gonna try to sleep with you partially for power partially because I think you're cute um uh yeah and that's and she kind of scopes everyone else out in the room and then we're on to the next part we move fast through the beginning of this book I'm of all of the new books I started since Song of Achilles I'm the farthest in this one Um, and then we get to Nico, so we don't get Nico's perspective until after, so each chapter is, like, labeled with the character, and it's in their perspective, we don't get his perspective until after initiation, um, he and Libby walk home, um, because we get his, like, first meeting with Atlas with Libby's. Perspective because they're always together they're like connected at the hip they walk home together kind of from the initiation because they are like transported and they're from New York everyone is like all over the globe they're from New York um and he goes back to his apartment with his two roommates one is Max who like is a werewolf or something and then another is Gideon who is his best friend and. I'm kind of obsessed with Gideon already, but Gideon is, like, the child of a, um, I think it's a satyr, and, um, like, a merman, like, a mermaid creature, um, so, like, you know the, like, uh, what is it called, like, a punnet square? I'm gonna be wrong on that and just say it with my full chest, but, like, you know. The so, like the you put the two probabilities on one side, the two at the top. And like anyway, like the chances of a half animal, half human, like one fourth odds are that the thing will end up fully human. Anyway, Gideon is that, but like he doesn't have a species because he doesn't have any of either of those species in him and so he's like technically nothing. Um, so he's, like, very, like, temporal and, like, constantly exhausted because he, he's, like, barely alive. Um, and he doesn't get any of the resources to, like, feed himself and shit. And, like, take care of himself because he's, like, technically not any kind of class or species. Um, and so our baby boy, Nico, is, like, he, his plan is to go to be initiated to be a caretaker of the library. So that he can find a cure for his best friend Gideon, like my boy, I love it. I'm already obsessed. I'm already obsessed. Um, and like Nico's like a mother hen to his like two friends. And what's funny is Gideon is like friends with Libby. Like his friends are friends with Libby, but Libby and him hate each other. But I don't think they actually hate each other. It's just I love Le- Livy and Nico so much. Lebo is that their ship name? I don't know it's fun this this book um and then tristan is tristan tries to get more information out of atlas at the end of initiation um and just like can't um and then parisa tries to sleep with dalton and can't um, she does kiss him though, which is scandalous. And then she runs into Tristan at the l- elevators and she's like, Might as well be friends. Might as well hook up tonight. And he's like, Well, I gotta go dump my girlfriend in the week I can hook up, basically. And then she's like, Or you could dump your girlfriend in the morning after breakfast, which was just chef's kiss. I'm already obsessed with this group dynamic. I just, I hope it's as wild as I want it to be. Um, Libby goes home and fucks her boyfriend that Nico hates, uh, and then tells him about the, she's calling it a fellowship, and that she's basically going to be gone for two years, optimistically, one year. I have a theory, from the way it sounds so far, and even the back of the book, I think whoever doesn't get chosen dies, which is saucy, um... It makes it kind of like hung- Dark Academia Hunger Games that I'm just like, yes, please. I'm here for this. I'm obsessed with this. Uh And Ezra, her boyfriend's name is Ezra. He's kind of a, just like a lump on the wall. <laughs> Nico thinks so too. I so far think Nico is my favorite. And I think that is a popular opinion. Um... Because of Gideon! I wonder how much fanfiction there is of Nico and Gideon. Should we look together? I don't know where my phone is. Oh, it's under my stack of books. I'm gonna look and see if there's Nico and fanfiction, Nico and Gideon fanfiction. There's one on AO3. One singular Nico and Gideon fanfiction however there are only eight works fanfiction for books is like hit and miss right so um there is a few Callum and Tristan ones which might be a spoiler might be like hmm, I wonder what happens there I'm intrigued I mean I could see it he doesn't really like his fiance I don't know um so yeah that's atlas six that's pretty much how far i am on atlas six i'm really excited about that one um yeah i'm reading a lot of good books right now um the next episode will probably just be about those three books because that's probably my limit unless i finish ash or the atlas six in the next week because i could foresee that happening because they're both pretty short books um probably going to be talking about the way of Kings for forever um so, yeah. I will catch you in the exit clip. Cool. Bye. Hi. I'm back. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Hope you don't mind the new format. I hope oh, talking about all the books is fun for you um it was fun for me i had fun um it was ex- fun to record again yeah I'm, I'm sorry i didn't finish out like the whole the song of achilles like series but i felt like this podcast was never gonna get going if i held myself to that it was just too much to go detail by detail like that you like you just want the gist like i feel like if you're listening to this kind of podcast you're just if you wanted every detail, you'd read the book. Or you've already read the book and you just want to hear someone ramble about it. Or you just want to know the details or you just... Whatever. I just needed it to be more casual. And I think that I achieved that with this new episode. So, thank you for listening to episode 3 slash episode 1 2.0. <laughs> um, yeah uh and that that's all I have for you today um go dust your bookshelves I need to dust mine I did dust mine between now and the last time we spoke fun fact I did I did dust my bookshelves I need to do it again though it's on the it's on the list of things to do this weekend um so yeah hope you enjoyed thank you for listening goodbye